and welcome to Conversations Over a Brew. I'm Lindsay West from Heart of Glass and we are an arts organisation based in St Helens, Merseyside. And broadly speaking, we support artists and communities to go on creative journeys together and make art. Conversations Over a Brew is a series of intimate recorded conversations exploring the stories of the people we make art with. This podcast is about the power of listening and conversation and how making art can bring us together and create change. In this episode, we hear from Mark Storer and Angela Samata. Mark is an artist who specialises in platforming the voices of those we all too rarely choose to hear. He usually works over several years to create extraordinarily beautiful and uplifting work in which community participants and professionals work side by side in genuine partnership. Mark is currently working with Heart of Glass on a 12-year project called Bar Bar Barrick Have You Any Pull? And over the past four years of this work, he's been focused on The Suicide Chronicles, which seeks to develop a collective language for the complex experience of suicide. Angela Samata is a mental health campaigner working in the fields of suicide prevention and postvention. She is a consultant on the Suicide Chronicles project and has also contributed to this project as a participant. In this episode, Angela and Mark chat about how the project started and the care needed to produce a project exploring this sensitive topic. Well, here we are doing the recording that we've been threatening to do for ages. Yeah. <laughs> it's great that, that, that we're doing it. Um, I just wanted to start by by just exploring really why you thought, you know, where did that original idea come from to, to do the Suicide Chronicles? Because it feels like such, well, it's an incredible thing to decide to do as an artist. And I know that it fits in with your practice and your history of you know taking the most challenging of subjects and and exploring them with with such humility and brilliance um but where did the original idea come from for the suicide chronicles um well uh first of all i was commissioned by heart of glass to make a piece of work um and the initial invite was to come along and be in St. Helens for a little while. Um, and while I was there, one of the negative mm. statistics of St. Helens mm. is that middle-aged men in St. Helens die 10 years sooner than anybody else in the country. Now, this was a statistic from um, six years ago, and that may have changed. Mm. But on the day that I went, this was a statistic. Um, and it's interesting because it's a statistic. Mm. And so men, middle-aged men, were a statistic mm. in national figures. Um, and I thought it would be interesting to 
I don't know how it came to me, but I thought it would be lovely to give these men a voice from beyond the grave mm. because I'm also a middle-aged man mm. and I'm exactly that demographic. And so I could make the invite to them mm -hmm. because I am them. So it was really personal. So it was personal to me. And then we decided that the project needed if I was truly to give the men a voice from beyond the grave, then it would have to be a 12-year project because it relied upon some of them fulfilling this requirement of the statistic to die 10 years sooner. And then the idea was to work with six-year-olds who, who would then follow the same creative process as the men. And in 12 years' time, it would be their responsibility to tell the story of the men, which would give them the voice from beyond the grave. Which is just incredible, because I think when I first, you know, when I first received contact from from Emily at Heart of Glass and who said, would I be interested in working with you um, on the project? When, yes. when I first had that first conversation and she said um, that you were going to be dedicating kind of, you know, 12 years to this project, I thought I'd misheard it. You know, <laughs> I, I was like, 12 what? You know, because yeah. usually it's 12 months or, you know, 12 weeks even. Yes. And, and sometimes it feels like it's 12 minutes. Yes. But the fact that you, as an artist, um, are willing to make that time commitment, I think is, is absolutely incredible. And it feels to me very, very significant to, to, to you as an artist to, to kind of make that time commitment because it, it, it's not just a time commitment. That is a, a commitment, you know, of kind of emotional input and artistic input and and to very much see your practice in that way to, to, to make that that commitment is, is, is just absolutely incredible. And, and I just wonder why you, I mean, because you, you have looked at other subjects before, but I, I wondered why you thought it was particularly important to bring your artistic practice to the subject of suicide you know as opposed to my mind it's about it's about taking that very human experience and the human condition and allowing us to get away in a way from those statistics you know you know six and yeah. a half thousand people a year end their lives you know suicide is still the biggest killer of men under 49 those statistics are are very very difficult certainly for me as somebody who's personally bereaved by suicide yeah. but i think <clears throat> your practice and 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 the suicide chronicles do you, i mean do you agree with me that they give us a moment to really stop and explore what those statistics actually mean and what they feel like as individual stories um i hope they do yeah um I just need to go back a little bit mm. with you, if, if you don't mind, mm -hmm. because um, it's very interesting when we talk about practice, and I don't know the difference between practice and life yeah. and living mm -hmm. and the, the role, to my mind, that art plays in our life. And I think it's essential. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's another... It's, a part of mm. being. Mm. So th thank you for mm. talking about the commitment that I've made to it. But the truth is, mm. I don't feel I have a choice because what else would I do? Mm. And 12 years 
can seem a long time in a lifetime, but actually in lots of ways it's not. And to have the privilege to be able to evolve something and respond to it and be responsive um, is wonderful. Um, but actually it also, I feel, allows me to be with people um, and to... Uh, live with them in a way um, and therefore it's really vital to me that that I'm interested in us making the story and te well telling the story together mm. and I and it is a true collaboration so it's not as if I'm saying tell me your story and then it goes away and it becomes something else mm -hmm. it stays in the location with the people, with the family, with the person, with a tiny feeling or a thought. And what I love is together we go, how can we give form to this? Mm -hmm. How can we give form to the, th to the thing that is unsaid, mm -hmm. but nevertheless we are all feeling and will be touched by it in some way? So it's not, it, it is a practice but I think it's the practice of life and living and I'm deeply curious and interested in what it is to be human and our humanity and obviously I'm driven because in creating the story together then that makes a connection and that means that I can go on because I feel we are intrinsically connected to one another and I love that but I think we live in a world which actually it is quite limited in what it finds acceptable and is prepared to say and do. And I think it's our responsibility to to um, reveal ourselves and share with one another our full humanity, really. Um, so for me, it's life, it's living, it's essential. Um, and therefore, I'm completely gobsmacked when we, somebody says, no, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, why not? Mm -hmm. We need to. Um, and that, in a way, starts to come on to the question that, so the project, which began with the idea of giving men a voice from beyond the grave, mm -hmm. but actually, so that it needed to be 12 years to um, the, for the lifetime of a, that statistic, Actually, the and it so it was very simple, really. Mm. It was nothing profound about it. Oh, it needs to be 12 years if we're actually going to do that. Mm. But what I realized during the making of the project that as soon as somebody um, stops becoming a human being with their own personal life story, with their family and community that are connected to them, then that person, whoever it is, has already been put in a grave of society's making. Mm -hmm. And we've made it because it's too difficult for us to look at why has this person lost their job, lost their self-respect, don't mm -hmm. feel that they can go on. Mm -hmm. So the project... Uh, the title for it is Bar Bar Barrick, Have You Any Pull? Mm -hmm. And it takes the premise that the most brutal act of barbarism that's ever been is civilization. Mm -hmm. Because if this is civilization, it's brutal and barbaric. Mm -hmm. And we need to recognize that and understand how we might be able to relate to one another differently. Mm -hmm. So there's a, 
I wouldn't say that I make political work, but it's the politics of this is that we were in 10 years mm -hmm. of austerity, mm -hmm. which hollowed out all the, um, you know, it's like all the middle filling of a cake being mm. eaten or the mm. sponge so somebody looks like it hasn't been gone or mm. taking the sweets out of the Easter egg mm. and then putting the egg back together, mm. you know. Mm. Um, it came out of that and the way people were becoming brutalized by a lack of care and a lack of funding to be able to care for ourselves uh, to do with education and things that I believe in, you know, that we do believe in. Um, but, but I think that, that... Sorry, do you want to come in? Well, can I just say that? So yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. title for it. Mm -hmm. But then while I was making that work with the men and the children mm -hmm. and living in St. Helens... Mm -hmm. So I was actually living there for two years. And this is the most relevant part, mm -hmm. actually. Mm -hmm. um, while I was there, I'm making one piece of work, mm. but actually at every moment, mm. virtually with every organization that I came in touch with, or even people personally, mm. someone had been bereaved directly by suicide mm. or knew someone that had and the and the reasons for it were many mm -hmm. and each individual person has their own story but s some of it or maybe all of it but for different reasons was when somebody had completely lost hope and didn't see how they could go on and that's not right mm. and the beauty about being in St. Helens, which is a small town for that amount of time and hearing that, those stories meant that actually I could say this is what we need to do. Chronicles in particular and those eliciting those conversations, I think that um, the challenge to the stigma that many of us feel yeah. who've been bereaved by suicide, I think that challenge is is so needed, you know, because I think, you know, when it happened to me, it was nearly 20 years ago, mm. and it was nearly 20 years since I was bereaved. And I know that the landscape has changed now, and I know that we all like to think that we're having more open and honest conversations. Mm. However, I think the fact that people that you were meeting in St. Helens were often, I presume, telling you that they were bereaved by suicide, you're probably the first person that they told, mm. I think tells me that this work is so important because you are working collaboratively yeah. with people who've been bereaved or may indeed have felt suicidal themselves, mm. but producing you know, films and uh, and performances that that will far outreach that conversation, mm. you know, that will go out into the world in their own right and be yeah. pieces of pieces of performance or art or whatever you want to call it, but will then be the catalyst for for challenging that stigma and for eliciting more honest conversations. Um, I hope so. Mm. If that is the case, I think it would be brilliant because I think um, one of the things that I'm proud of of the Chronicles um, 
is that it's here and it's now and it's in the moment. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we're making it together um, means that by making it, we're challenging the stigma, mm. but also we're we're telling the story, but also we're trying to find form for f for the feelings, mm. possibly that there isn't they're not held well and they're held privately, and they're often held in isolation. And we can connect with that. And you know, for me, making art is about giving form to feeling it's a, it gives us an other to look at that we can look at together and we can see that so you know grief is a terrible thing grief um that is felt because someone has lost someone to suicide is isolating. It, it can be filled with shame and humiliation. Um, people are afraid of it because it's, for some people, it's the worst thing that they can possibly imagine. Mm. Um, and, there, and we seem to be trying to run away from it and hide from it and actually we need to embrace something that is part of our humanity. Um, and if we can um, find, if we can find a language for talking about it, um, it, in a delicate way, actually, you know, in something that can connect to people, then it means that we can... Um, do, I don't know, hold one another more safely. I'm not really sure. I don't have the language to really to talk it, because it feels like it could do so much. I think we have to acknowledge our humanity mm. and and our strengths and our vulnerabilities mm. um, and connect one another more. And I think, you know, when we... Um, you know, I think one of the things that you actually said to me, Angela, that I think was that the whole world flips, mm. that everyone is getting on with their everyday life, mm. and your life is turned completely upside down. And that tends to be, in, and families close down and carry their shock and their trauma and their shame or their disbelief. Mm. Um, because it's a seismic event, mm. but actually in the context of the pandemic, mm. that has literally shaken the whole world but, in a but, very particular way. But, but I feel as if, it, again, just coming back to the Chronicles, I feel yeah. as if your ability as an artist to work collaboratively with people to really explore that trauma, because that's what it is. You yeah. know, it... it, it to, to be able to explore that and to to find a way to communicate those specific aspects of that trauma. I think within the current kind of climate that we're in now, you know, it feels as if we have all experienced collective trauma. Yes. Uh, and I think it, to my mind, what it's, you know, to, to me, what it's done it is almost made it even more vital that this work kind of carries yes. on and that you're doing it, you know, and, yeah. and you are the right person to do it. Um, because of that, the way that you work is so collaborative and, and kind of really, um, 
you know, not saying thank you so much for telling me your story and now I'm going to get on with it. It's mm. not that. It, it's and it and it feels as if Heart of Glass is the right organisation to be doing it with. It feels St Helens is the right place. Yes, to, you know, it feels like a lot of things have come together mm. in your decision to then uh, make that time commitment. Really, I think is a is a very strong signal. I think a lot of times with suicide bereavement, we have people who kind of parachute in, and it feels very voyeuristic yeah. when people are wanting to talk to us about our lived experience, and then it kind of they parachute out and go and do their thing. Mm. But this project in particular feels totally embedded and again I think that that really signals your commitment to collaboratively exploring that that experience so I, mm. I think it's um I think it's absolutely wonderful and I can't wait to work on the on the next chronicles <laughs> thank you very much I mean it, it you know we're, we're talking in very serious tones yeah. but actually in making it mm. within that well of despair and mm. grief, mm. actually the the joy in mm. making them is astonishing, mm. really, and I, <laughs> and that's the beauty of it as well, you know, because in order, because eventually you're all everybody understands why they're there, so we've mm. come together, mm. we're going to find a way to tell this story and to communicate it to other people because hopefully mm. if it might just touch another person who feels that they can go on mm. and not necessarily somebody who may feel that actually they can't go on and want to take their life, mm. but somebody who has to go on for some, but feel that they can't mm -hmm. and they don't know how they're going mm -hmm. to, mm -hmm. but actually there's something there. And a lot of the work is... Um, the making of it is ephemeral mm. and it happens once and it happens in the ether. But I really believe how uh, it's interesting that the Chronicles are taking the form of um, films, but they're quite strange films in the mm. sense that mm. they, they don't set out to be a film of something. They're a kind of a record of an action or a feeling. Mm. Um, but actually, I really believe that by being together and doing something, the very fact that we've come together in a moment actually changes the narrative. Mm -hmm. It offers another a portal to somewhere else. It's another possibility. And if we and we have to hang on to those things in order to go on, I think. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> but in making them, once you've acknowledged we're in a very dark place, yeah. we've all come together to give mm -hmm. form to a dark place. Mm -hmm. Within then it, it's wonderful and I loved making the first chronicle so much because we have to find spaces to be able to be monstrous, mm. to say the unsayable, mm -hmm. to understand what is that. And when I say monstrous, I don't, people will have a different feeling of what monstrous is, mm -hmm. but I mean to be in the full power of grief and anger mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. conflicting emotion mm -hmm. and we go how how do we share that mm -hmm. you know it, it is it is just and that is delightful because you almost it becomes ridiculous mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but actually from mm -hmm. being able to be unedited mm -hmm actually then allows you to fine-tune something that's so delicate. But I think that's what 
again, again, just bringing it back to why you felt it was important to bring to to bring an artistic kind of um, you know why you felt as an artist it was important to to explore suicide and certainly suicide bereavement. I think you know you've kind of hit the core of it. Really, it it is really working with those with lived experience, you as an artist, being able to really, really together plunge right to the depths is the only way I think that we can find those the, the, those kind of moments of light, the, the, yeah. the, the, hope, the hopefulness that can only come from hitting rock bottom, that real hopefulness, that real... Um, you know, not not the tokenistic kind of optimism that we sometimes get oh, yeah. from yeah, no, no. kind of, you know, tokenistic sayings and things like that. To to really feel that and then to really be able to communicate that through the through film or through that moment. I think it can only come from feeling safe as mm. a an individual with that lived experience. From feeling safe mm. is the only way that you can really plunge into those depths in order to to find that and it sometimes it's a tiny moment of hopefulness from which kind of you know maybe optimism can come yeah but it's that it's that possibility of change that 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 i think only we can only bring really through 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 the arts and through performance sometimes Mm. I think so, because it's about articulation, isn't yeah. it? And there are few spaces that allow us mm-hmm. or actually um, their whole raison d'etre is to articulate mm. what is at our deepest core and what it is to be human. Mm-hmm. And the very fact then for me, you know, um, we can be in a very dark place, but the very fact that a small group of people have mm. come together yeah. to explore the dark place yeah. who were in the dark place mm. actually means that they're not mm. exactly on their own anymore. <laughs> you know, and we and yeah. and what's the point of doing anything unless it's meaningful yeah. and it feels important? That's that's what it feels to me, you know. Mm. Um uh, but, but there's a level of authenticity, I think, that can only come from that real collaboration between an artist and those with lived experience. There's a real authenticity to to the work. You know, th- this is not performative in the sense that you're going to play a role. You no. know, th- this is real. Um, and, and I think, again, that's where your previous, kind, you know, you, you, your practice in your life as, a, as an artist mm. really delves into that collaboration between an artist and 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 those with lived experience because it doesn't feel it feels seamless it doesn't mm. feel as if it feels as if the fact that you were living in St Helens and you were you know you were breathing the same air as everybody else feels important to that it, oh, yeah. it gives it a level of authenticity and 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 a genuine sense of um of powerfulness if you like mm. that actually you wouldn't get if you were commuting on the train you know every every other week or whatever you know so no. again it feels as if all of the way that you work is absolutely fundamental to 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 what to to the project that you're doing now with heart of glass yeah i think so but i think i'm interested in the um the the art of everyday life yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, that's yeah. for yeah. me yeah you know, I feel our ordinary lives are extraordinary yeah. And, yeah. and epic mm. and the mm. 
in the minutiae of things, you know. But also I think another thing that I'm really um, pleased about is that by having that experience in St. Helens, the work originated there and is made there and the people that have contributed to it from St. Helens, um, I don't imagine that I could have even, I couldn't have made it anywhere else because mm. of the things, that, the reasons you've yeah. outlined, but also having been with those people. But what I really love and makes me really proud is that, you know, we, Chronicle 3 is almost made. Mm. Um, it, so, you know, it's nearly there. Mm. Um, there are another three planned mm. um, the final chronicle there'll be seven of them mm -hmm. is the coming together of mm -hmm. all of them mm -hmm. in a very particular kind of way mm -hmm. but what I love now is that we can expand the scope of the chronicle mm -hmm. and what's interesting is unsolicited now we are getting inquiries from mm -hmm. other countries mm -hmm. and other organizations yeah. who are beginning to understand what it is that's happening yeah. and are saying we would like to be part of mm -hmm. this and mm -hmm. we want to contribute and how do we do that? Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that it was in St. Helens. Yeah. But it, and it's not, again, it's not to make the reach of it international, you know, yeah, so yeah. it looks good on paper. No. And not in any way, and I would hate that. Mm. What I love is the fact that mm. we've made something that is giving people the courage mm. To be able to say, yeah. okay, we can look at it too, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you've given us something that touches us, and we understand that we can be in that place with you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's vital, really. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you're interested in hearing more about the Suicide Chronicles, we will be releasing a new podcast series dedicated to this project in spring 2022. Please check the show notes for further information, including where to access help and support. We'll be back again soon with another conversation over a brew.